I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to another all-new edition of Nerd Alert. Joining me this week, as always, my stalwart right hand, the man who keeps the nerd in the Talk Nerdy to Me network, Commander Scott. Hola. So I had something interesting happen to me today. It's something that doesn't happen a lot, but I enjoy it when it does. Uh, I had a friend of mine that presented an argument that challenged one of my core tenets. Your core David tenant? No, uh, not core David tenant. And no, not my core, whatever that movie is of the same name. Uh, <laughs> so uh, one of my tenets, and, and this is this is the thing that, that gets me, is uh, there, there's a lot of things that just irk me. And one of them is a misuse of terms and especially a misuse of the word two dimensional. Uh, and so I've always, I've always had, I've always held the tenet that there is no such thing as an object, any object in our world that is two dimensional. Every object in our world exists in three dimensions. Uh, and I, an argument could be made for four dimensions because we exist in four dimensions because we have the perception of time, but that's a different argument. Um, and like photographs, because photographs gets brought up a lot when I make this this argument. And they're like, oh, what about a photograph? It's like, well, I get what you're saying, but technically even the ink on the paper of a photograph has depth to it. Um, so it is still a three-dimensional object. It still exists in three dimensions. Um, but a friend of mine postulated, and, and he did it in a bit of a facetious manner, but the, the, the argument still has a core, a crux of logic to it. And, and it made me think, he said, well, what about the picture on a TV? You know, and, and I had to stop and think because I, I always, I, I try not to be obtuse. You know, if some, if somebody genuinely brings up an argument that will challenge me, I'll think about it. I, I you know, mm -hmm. and I have been known to change my opinions on occasion. Um, because of, because these things are always in flux, but so obviously if you're looking at a television or whatever, you've got different technologies and a, and a liquid crystal display LCD, the crystals are obviously three dimensional objects, uh, in, uh, in, in LEDs, the LEDs themselves are three dimensional objects. We get that. But what about the actual projection itself? And this led me into, this led me down the rabbit hole of, of the properties of photons uh, and, and the wave particle duality of light. And it's really interesting. And so 
I found this, this this little FAQ article uh, thing uh, by uh, says is uploaded in, updated updated in 2008 uh, originated in 1992 by Matt Ostern. I don't know who that is, but it's you know what is the mass of a photon? And uh, anyway, basically when it comes to um, uh, mass and stuff, you have a, a, a particle. And you accelerate that particle to some momentum, which is, uh, we're going to call it P, but I don't think it's P. I think it's an actual, I think it's theta or something. I don't know. Uh, accelerate, it has a momentum, you know, P of a velocity, which is a vector. Uh, and, and it comes out to be that P equals MV. So that it, it, it has a proportionality constant um, of the particle's mass. Okay. Uh, and, and, and Jay being a mathematician, he knows about the proportionality constant, you know, it, it's when, when, when one object changes in the, in, in the proportion, the other one has to change either up or down, depending on if it's a direct or indirect proportion, but it has to change. However, and this is what has blown my mind and I'm having a very hard time wrapping my head around this. When you apply this to special relativity, uh, we are still able to define a particle's momentum, P, such that it behaves in a well-defined ways that are an extension of the Newtonian case. Uh, uh, and, 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 and momentum and velocity, P and V, still point in the same direction because they are vectors, but it turns out that they are no longer proportional. The best we can do is relate them via the particle's relativistic mass. So... This 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 P and V not being proportional because if if it's directly proportional, you know, and your velocity goes up, your momentum has to go up because your mass is not going to change um, in in Newtonian mechanics. But then when you when you apply special relativity, you have relativistic mass, which you have resting mass and accelerated mass. Well, resting mass, which changes, of course, throughout acceleration. But this is when we when you take this to its its it, all the way through its evolutions, this is where you get a E equals MC squared. But this non-proportional uh, momentum to velocity is blowing my mind. I can't wrap my head around it. And I'm sorry, I just think it's awesome. And if you understood any of that, email us at iheartjohnsons <laughs> at gmail.com and explain it to the rest of us. Jay knows what I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> saving us <laughs> thank you scott uh you never fail to earn your title as the man who keeps the nerd and taught nerdy to me uh that may have been your nerdiest factoid yet i try Stop provoke a reaction for misusing factoid okay uh <laughs> rounding out our trinity uh, joining us from somewhere in time and in space perhaps via a delorean it's the doc Wubba-lubba-dub-dub! Get swifty! Ah, oh, sorry, it's just stuck in my head. <laughs> yeah, so Jay is drunk this episode, and he's gone into full-on Rick mode. <laughs> uh, just trying to get caught up on Rick and Morty with my fiancé. And... I cannot express how much I love that show. Good times. All righty. So today's topic, uh, the actual reason you're here, unless you're here to talk about Newtonian physics or whatever Scott was talking about, uh, in which case, check out his his spinoff show, uh, The Nerdy Whatever with Scott, where he just goes off on nerdy tangents and we don't stop him. 
right? That's a show you're going to do, right, Jay? Or right, right, Scott? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it is now. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the actual thing we're here to talk about today, uh, Jay brought this up and I thought it was a fun idea. Do you want to introduce it, Jay? Yeah. So actually, what sparked this was something that uh, Scott said um, when we were the three of us were playing, I think Battlefield together or Battlefront two. Uh, and it was oh shit, wide... I'm dead again. Oh yeah, that yes. yes. Damn it. Who are defending thanks. again? screw kashik anyway uh he brought up um that he was surprised that there wasn't a starship troopers video game and uh i said yeah (laughs) at some point in time like we could have been playing battle for i don't remember when it was exactly but you brought up that you were surprised that there was not a starship troopers video game and then john said there was one in the 90s and then that got me thinking i was like you know there's a lot of things out there that either have had games in the past that maybe they haven't lived on or there's things out there that haven't gotten video games or not just video games but board games any kind of game in general and i was like you know this is a good idea let's discuss some ips that don't have video have games i keep saying video games because most of my list was video games uh don't have games associated with them or it's been so long since they've had a game maybe it should consider reevaluation. jay feels there's ip not being properly exploited and we're here to fix that yes but no ip go unexploited in our world dang it uh well then let's jump right in with, with the one you've already brought up because I have a feeling it's on your list too, then, Jay. Yeah. Do you got some Starship Troopers video game ideas? I do. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> I do have a Starship Troopers video games idea. Video do game. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, so my thought for a Starship Troopers game was as a first-person shooter. I hate it. Already. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> go go for it. Okay, and so my kind of, um, I guess I guess you could say my influence for the style would be kind of like what Modern Warfare does. Okay. Where you get, you know, your first-person shooter, but you also operate vehicles from that first-person mode. And I thought this is where Starship Troopers could be fun. Uh, so you would play as three different characters. One would be mobile and one would be as a fleet uh, personnel. So whether you're a pilot, not necessarily a captain, but probably a pilot. And then one in like the science division. And then at some point in the game, all three timelines overlap. And so you see all three characters together. You're not necessarily playing all three characters at the same time. But at that point in time, you can like maybe choose what character you want to play as for that particular mission. And then uh, I thought it would be fun, like, you know, you're the mobile infantry guy and then you're surrounded by bugs and then you have to get picked up. So then you cut to the dropship pilot. Now you're piloting the dropship down to pick up that other character. So is this a 
first like a one like single one player like a single player mode like you're you're the mobile infantry and then you switch and not a multiplayer where you get to play either mobile infantry or fleet yeah i was thinking of it like like i said as in like modern warfare like the campaign in modern warfare where you're the campaign yeah yeah like where you're like sergeant ramirez and then it switches to um soap and then you're mctavish you know what i mean what kind of dial dove yeah um Irish. Is, Mc, is McTavish soap? No, that's not right, is it? I don't know. I don't remember. I, I anyway. understand that. Yeah, I like the idea of um, story-driven games because you don't see those very much anymore. Um, and changing back to both between characters who are in different branches of military is a cool way to expand on what Starship Troopers is. See, personally, I, I, I feel... So, first of all, multiplayer notwithstanding because this game begs to have a multiplayer version so cool oh, I'm, I'm coming to that don't, don't worry uh, about but i want the exact opposite direction Jamie. well but looking at a first person story mode i i don't think i would like it to be that way like like uh modern warfare to where you're you're playing mobile infantry in this and then you cut to a fleet character and and blah blah blah, blah. personally what i would like to see if I were doing this, if I were playing this, a uh, uh, Starship Troopers um, thing, I would like to see a Mass Effect RPG style where I create a character. It's either fleet or mobile infantry and and have different classes in each. You know, I could be a pilot or I could be a whatever else mobile infantry does because I think we've only ever seen pilot in the movie. But I'm not, you know, it's been a long time since I've read the novel. So, or, you know, you be mobile infantry where you are different different roles. You could even be a a, a power suit pilot because personally, I would like to see this IP based off of the novel with the movie aesthetics, if that makes sense. Um, but I'd rather have it an RPG style where I could pick my character and what you know branch he's in and play through the war with with the bugs and you know and and give my have a you know kind of kind of open world where i'm i get to pick you know where where do i go next what do i do next you know type thing right scott just to hear you reference mass effect makes me all tingly <laughs> it's a good game or they are good thank games. you thank I you for joining the mass effect bandwagon <laughs> i haven't i haven't I'm not the only one now Sorry. i haven't got to game two yet i'm still working on game one but you know, the doc oh, wanting to play Battlefront all the time has arrested my my master. It's <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so my pitch, and I, I tried to make it a board game, but I couldn't figure out how to make it work. So I ditched that and I went straight up video game. And I went kind of in opposite direction from Jay. Mine is less about story, more about gameplay. And there's a new, well, not really new, but there's a, a more recent style of, of gameplay that has proven popular and I think given the right IP works really, really well. So my Starship Troopers game is, is an asymmetrical multiplayer. So you have four players playing as a mobile infantry squad, trying to achieve mission objectives uh, on various planets from throughout the film. And we can mine the books uh, for different locations too, while fighting off wave waves of bugs controlled by the fifth player who is the brain bug 
who controls hordes of warriors, hoppers, tankers, plasma bugs, uh, what have you, throughout their campaign. And, uh, to keep things balanced, the, the brain bug player has limited quantities of some of the higher level bugs, and there's uh, spawn cooldowns, so you can't just have, you know, like 50 tankers swarm everybody. Uh, and then the mobile infantry players completely customize their character and their weapons. Um, so you, you can have things like uh, uh, the whole Merida series of rifles, the uh, rifles, the carbines, the sniper rifles. Uh, you can throw optics and scopes on there, extended magazines, alternate secondary underslung fire. So, you know, not just the shotgun, but like grenade launcher and flamethrower or whatever you want to put on there. Uh, you get stuff like the M55 tactical nuke, the MX90 hand grenade. Um, the and I didn't know this existed until I was doing research. Uh, the M60 Heavy Merida, uh, which was designed but never used in the movie, and uh, this little this I know well Jay will appreciate the Merida Mark II from the end of the first movie. You know the gun that blows up half a mountain. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you I, and I toyed with maybe there's different classes of soldiers in there depending on on, on what their specialty is. Maybe you've got a heavy class that has the heavier stuff and thicker armor and, uh, you know, more mobile classes in between. Uh, and definitely, I, I'm with you, Scott, uh, the power armor somewhere in here would be cool, but I'm willing to let that go if we can make things full-on licensed to the film. Because um, I know eventually in the third film, we do get a version of mobile suits, but they're, they're shitty and no one cares. Um, I just think that kind of gameplay put to Starship Troopers would work really well. The thing I, that I really wanted to to kind of compare it to was like Predator Hunting Grounds, only instead of waves of stupid, moronic, cannon fodder enemies, uh, and then one super badass Predator, uh, enemies are maybe a bit more sparse, but much more difficult to where the team has to work together. Because in, Starship, in, the, in the film Starship Troopers, you rarely, if ever, see one soldier take down one bug. It's soldiers surrounding and, and, and concentrating fire to take down bugs or concentrating fire and calling in airdrops to take out hordes of bugs. So that was, you know, I, I wanted to kind of walk that line between something like Dead by Daylight, where there's one enemy that it's really difficult and impossible for you to kill. It's sort of like, you know, Friday the 13th, like you can kill Jason in that game, but it's it's next to impossible to do. Um and and something like hunting grounds where you mow down twenty or thirty random enemy guys, but the real difficulty is the predator. Uh, somewhere in the middle of those kind of game styles. Uh, so that's what I had in mind. Well, when when it comes to those style of type of games where it's one versus all, it would present a challenge to have one player controlling an army of enemy. It would probably be easier to have like the standard soldier bugs, you know, your standard, the whatever they are, um, be AI, but really easy to kill AI. So you are mowing them down. They're literally just something you have to manage while the player is playing the specialty bugs. Uh, okay. But having them working. having something where they could, you know, jump in and out of different ones, yes. you know, yes. like you're one of the flyers. And then after they get killed, if they get killed in the flyer, the flyer's on cooldown. They have to switch to something else for a little while. Um, would would probably work. I could probably see it also as a uh, instead of a instead of a one versus all, a team versus team. That would work too. You know. Um, but personally, I, I when it comes to 
one versus all, I think this kind of begs to 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 be a a, a heavy miniatures board game. And well, I'm because you know more about than I do, so you you take that and run with it. I'm surprised no one's done one. I'd have to do some research, see if one exists. And I'm sure one probably existed back when the movie was popular. Somebody came out with something. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anything recent that's been done. Um, uh, but as far as a one versus all game. Um, well, and what really struck me is there's an upcoming Evil Dead game. Uh that you're both gonna have to buy, by the way. Um, where it's it's a it's a four v one, but the one player instead of controlling a specific enemy controls the evil dead. Huh. I'm not entirely sure what that means, because uh, the 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 trailer that came out a few weeks ago was narrated by Bruce Campbell, and he talks about you know you and your buddies join up and play as heroes and characters from throughout all the Resident Evil or sorry Resident Evil throughout the Evil Dead games. So you've got Ash, obviously. But you've also got like Arthur uh, from uh, the third movie. You've got uh, I forget the, the the his the other uh, dude from the first movie. You've got the characters Kelly and in um, uh, shit. What's his name from the the TV show? So you've got a multitude of characters you play as, and then he, he's narrating through that. And he says, or you can take on the uh, the role of playing the Evil Dead if you're a dick. Take on, and he describes kind of how that mode works, and it goes again. If you're a dick, which I just thought was funny, uh, so I'm not entirely sure how that works yet. But that thinking of like, okay, it's four v one, but the one isn't limited to just one character. That could be interesting. That would be interesting. I look forward to seeing how that plays out. What the mechanics are that doing it. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at board games now, and there have been several board games for Starship Troopers. The first one going all the way back to 1976. Ooh. And it is a full on, you know, straight take from Heinlein's novel uh Hex Map War Game. So Scott is now bidding on one run on eBay. And I want it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh looks like there was one in nineteen ninety seven. That's when the movie came out, that would make sense. One yeah. in two thousand five, one in two thousand seven, one in two thousand two. So I'm like, I don't know the the in the, the wherefores and why twos of all these games, but just clicking on the one from '97 when the movie came out, it's obviously got the movie IP on it. Um, yeah. uh, it does have miniatures on a a hex grid map, but it's a board game size hex, not war game size hex. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, it looks like it actually has some 3D terrain too. It's wow, this is weird. But okay. Oh, it's well, that. Gotta love Avalon Hill. <laughs> how would that work as a tabletop majors game, Scott? Well, For those who have not played tabletop majors. Not, not, uh, so a hex would work. Uh, obviously, I mean, it's your standard go to for any kind of a war gaming because it gives you the most options for facing versus mm-hmm. squares or anything. And, 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 and actually, um, Interesting fact, Avalon Hill, who is uh, kind of a, a was a staple at the game of the, the company no longer exists, was a staple. Uh, at least I don't think they exist. Anyway, sorry. Um, in Wargaming, when they started publishing war games with hex maps, they actually got visited by and this is many years ago. This is like in the early 60s and shit. They got visited by members of the U.S. intelligence community Oh, because they used hex grids on their maps when doing war game war game simulations for national defense 
and they saw these things getting published and they went to talk to them because they wanted to know who's been leaking their information. Ah. The game designers at the time were like, dude, it just makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense. They're like, yeah, we know that, but how do you know that? We have a brain? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But anyway, um, uh, personally, if I was going to do it today, I wouldn't use the hex grid. Uh, I would... I would probably use some sort of a zone movement or something and one versus all um, some kind of a modular board with tiles. That way you could reconfigure your board for different scenarios. Kind of like a mm-hmm. uh, 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 kind of like um, uh, the, the aliens board game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, that type of a, a scenario. And then uh, I would give your, uh, um, I would give your your the player controlling the bugs. This is just off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, game design is not my forte because all of my games actually suck. But um, have them have like a, a, a card set, okay, that, okay. that they get to play. So because um, one thing that I love, there's, there's another game that I, I enjoy very much. It, it's Hexes. But it has... Uh, zones and it, it's called battle cry and if you've never never played it it's a beautifully fun game there's a civil war version which is a little bit out of print now there's a, a world war ii version which has all kinds of expansions and is also very fun to play but the battlefield is set up in three zones so you've got center field you've got left flank and right flank and everybody has troops in all these zones and when you it's, it's a two-player game but when you play your cards Basically, the cards that you play will allow you to, it'll say, activate two units in the right flank, activate one unit in the left flank, activate all units in the center, that type of thing. Um, and that I would do, but I would do it in 360. So you would have, you know, your your mobile infantry in, in, in one area, and then you would have these other zones and your, your, your bug player would have cards that would allow them to spawn and or activate bugs in different zones. Okay. That, that's Keep that rules. Put put a pin in that rule set. Okay. We'll swing back to that on one of my other games. Okay. I had a similar idea for another game, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, any other Starship Trooper ideas or are we ready to move on to some different IP? I mean, we could probably do an entire episode on Starship Troopers because we build a movie, but... Personally, when it comes probably. to Starship Troopers, one thing I would love to see, and, and I, I tell you what, why nobody has bought up the Starship Troopers IP, I don't know, because it is such a treasure trove of different games. You could have, you could do a beautiful um, space miniatures game with uh, um, Starship uh-huh. Troopers. Because, uh, once again, it's been a very, very long time, like damn near 30 years since I've read the Highland novel. So I don't remember if the bugs, I mean, the bugs have to have some kind of space travel because they're not all on one planet. In the, uh, in the novel, they are technologically advanced enough to have ships. In yeah. the film, it's explained. As they hurl their spore into uh, Star Trek Troopers in a seven movie in a later episode, um, and and sadly none of the sequels uh, add any further with it. But uh, there was kind of an undercurrent of of maybe we're lying about how 
advanced or unadvanced the bugs are within the movies. Uh, but I will say, the book and the movie are not at all the same thing. No. And and uh, made for two different reasons. I mean, literally, the, the movie was written under a completely different title uh, until somebody mentioned, hey, Starship Troopers kind of has giant insects we fight and they looked into it and no one had bought the property yet so they went ahead and bought the property uh and, and made it fit the movie they were already trying to make uh versus taking that uh the novel and adapting that into a film yeah. so i'm not saying one's better or worse i'm just saying they're two different animals uh but there are some really cool things in the novel we never got to see in the movie and scott has brought up you know the the jumpsuits or cap suits um yeah which at the time they kind of played around with, well, could we maybe do that? And they ultimately went with, okay, we can either have all of our uh, effects budget put into making these suits work and have really shitty bugs, or we can put it into having really cool hordes of giant insects and we not, and we scrap the suits and they went with that route. I think, um, so, the, so what? I think they made a good call. Yeah, I, believe, I know they got nominated for an Academy Award for visual effects. I can't remember if they won it or not, but they they wrote a whole new program to create swarms of bugs um, that at least got them a nomination. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think they went the right way because the, the bugs in the books are not really as developed or thought out um, as they are in the film because in the film you see multiple like classes and types of bugs yeah. in the book. I don't really remember there being – I mean, there's multiple types. There's like a queen – and something else, but it's very rudimentary. So their well, effort in the movie went into the bugs, and we ditched the suits. So yeah, but but a but a a, a space based miniatures game I think would be fun mm-hmm. uh, for for Starship Troopers. Uh, I'll, I'll be interesting. So anyway, there you go. I know Jay supports whatever gets him more fleet. So <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Gotta love the fleet. Yeah, my bird, my game doesn't really have much of a fleet in there, so sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jay, what else you got for us, buddy? Okay. I have a whole bunch of different ones, but I'm going to bring up one that I think would be interesting for all of us to play. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so imagine you're living in Mega City One. Ooh. As a judge, uh-huh. perhaps Judge Dredd, and what it is is you get called to a mega block, okay, and you have to defeat enemies on your way to the top of the mega block. I feel like I've seen this movie. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I'm thinking. Third-person shooter, um, action-adventure, and kind of like solving some puzzles. So you're defeating enemies on your way to the top, but you also have to figure out things. It's not just kill all the enemies on the floor and then go to the next level. You have to like find keys. You have to open things um, to get to the next level. Maybe the elevators aren't working. Something like that, where you kind of get that, like, you got to figure it out. You can't just go in and shoot everybody and then be done. Um, and then I thought that a good thing for it would, for you to be able to, I know you've got your uh, log, is it the lawgiver? 
Yes. Is the gun. But I thought it'd be cool to kind of upgrade that as you went and maybe get some different weapons. Like, you know, your lawgiver is your standard weapon, but maybe you can change some things about it as you go and kind of like level up through the game as you're playing it. And once you unlock certain skills, you can apply that to your judge. And then as the higher you go in the mega block, the more difficult and challenging your opponents become. I love the Judge Dread IP as a video game. Uh, and I think it's a crime we haven't gotten one since the crappy Stallone movie tie-in game. Uh, I wouldn't limit it to one block, though. I think if you're going to do Judge Dread, I like where you're at. I like where... I don't think you should be Judge Dread. I think you should be a rookie judge. Uh, or maybe okay. it's your first day on the job. I don't know. But I would not limit it to one block. I would make it more sort of Grand Theft Auto-ish, because then you could have the Lawmaster, which is your motorcycle, and ride around town on that, chasing well, down calls and stuff. Uh, I like it's not just a shoot 'em up You can add some mystery element to it where you're called out to a homicide and you have to like solve the case to get a clue to lead you to the next thing. Um, and for as far as weapons go, the lawgiver has multiple weapon types. So yeah. maybe because you're a rookie to start out, you're limited to like three. And then as you go on the mission uh, and, and you rank up, literally rank from, you know, uh, uh, officer to uh, sergeant to a lieutenant or whatever the ranks are for judges. I don't know. Uh, it unlocks new ammo types for you uh, as the game goes on. Um, I, I think Judge Red is an awesome IP. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know exactly. I just feel like Grand Theft Auto is, is sort of the, the template you would want to use for that. Uh, well, I say put a pin in the Grand Theft Auto template because I have one later that I thought worked well for that. Okay. I don't, I don't know if we, I don't know if we had to put a pin in it because it works for multiple, but I, I agree when it comes to Judge Dredd, I would really want some kind of a sandbox, uh, you know, uh, uh, environment where I'm, I'm riding around on my, my awesome, you know, street judge, you know, Momo cycle mobile. And, uh, like you said, being able to respond to calls and, and have people yell for help and stuff. And, just you know pronounce but also given given that you're a street judge because i love the grand theft auto approach but given that you're a street judge one of the key points of this game would be actually you know when you when you adjudicate you know giving you situations where you have to pass judgment boss fights i don't know about boss fights i mean yeah you're higher level enemies yeah yeah you want your you want your cannon fodder well, you know, so like you're raiding a like a drug house and you, you clear your way through and then you get to the, you know, the guy running the, the judge, you know, the, the guy you're actually tracking down, the guy who's who's running the, the, the what was it called, slow-mo in the movie? The guy running the slow-mo factory, him you had to pronounce judgment on. Yeah. But yeah. you have, be... have some something in there where you're, it gives you options too, you know, because you don't, you don't just want every... That, that that is one failing I think of the movies, is because we okay. only ever see the the death sentence judgment passed. That's kind of what they focus on is the the whole the wholesale slaughter of shit tons of people. Which don't get me wrong, Dread was a beautiful movie, <laughs> <laughs> but but I I I think we I really would like to see and this this is 
getting away from games, but I really would like to see a follow-up movie of Dread where we see a little bit more of the actual of, of Dread actually being an actual street judge. You know, we get to see a little bit more of that, the actual law passing thing instead of just I'm going to execute you because I can do that. Yeah. You, uh, me, and Carl Urban want to see more Dread movies. It would also be neat to go off of that, what you were saying, Scott, where you have to pass judgment. Like, maybe there's some sort of scale of, like, you being a a good judge or a bad judge based uh, on your, like, how you judge people. Yeah. A morality scale? Yeah. Yes. Jay really needs to play Mass Effect. He does. He also needs to play uh, KOTOR as well. Mass Effect first. The KOTOR remaster is coming. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay, well then, yeah, wait till KOTOR re- <laughs> Today on Shit Scott Just Learned. <laughs> My new favorite recurring segment. <laughs> yeah, there's a KOTOR remaster in the works. So uh, play Mass Effect first because that one's already out. But yeah, uh, I, I, that IP is genius, Jay. Um, so many ways you could take that in, and so you you could go, you could tie it into the aesthetics of the Dread film, or you could you could go more in the comic book route with it. Uh, you could introduce so many cool villains we never saw in the movies. Uh, yeah, have Rob Schneider come back. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Do not have Rob Schneider come back. Do you know not what? do that. I'm fine with Rob Schneider coming back. I do want an alternate unlockable skin where I'm Stallone Judge Dread. I want that definitely. Um, uh, and, and obviously, I want a Carl Urban Judge. Uh, you know, if he doesn't voice the again, I, I think you playing as a as a rookie judge is a cool way to bring it in because then you can have Judge Dread as a character. Uh, yeah. But not necessarily you being Judge Dread. Uh, I think yeah, that that IP is is yeah, perfect, dude. Great example. Solid yeah. choice. Everyone ready to move on, or we have more Judge Dread games to pitch? Hey. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Moving on then. Uh, I got a board game pitch. Okay. So everyone knows who to call when you have ghosts, but who do you call when you have monsters? Oh, Monster Squad. The Monster Squad. Jay knows what's up. He knows where this is going. Uh, Ever since I play, there's a phenomenal game from Ravensburger called Horrified, which is... (coughs) Super fun board game based on the Universal Monsters IP. But ever since I picked it up and played it for the first time through, I was like, okay, this is awesome, but like, I want this reskin as Monster Squad. So that's where I started with this idea. It is it's 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 essentially a reskin of of horrified to the Monster Squad IP. It's make it's not just a straight up copy. So it's the squad uh, racing to avoid the monsters, find key objects, and finish the ritual before time runs out. It's the plot from the movie. You play as the squad members, Eugene, Sean, Patrick, Fat, uh, Rudy, and Phoebe. Yes, Phoebe. Monsters are out trying to stop you. 
they can be fought off. They cannot be defeated. Uh, the only way to defeat them is to complete the ritual and open the portal. Um, specific uh, item cards can be used to, to fight off monsters. All the monsters are in play at one time. It's not like Horrified. Horrified, you pick between two and three monsters, and that those are the ones you're fighting each, uh, each, each round you play the game. Uh, this one, they're all played at the same time. So you have Dracula, Wolfman, Mummy, Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, Frankenstein's Monster, and I'm going to go ahead and throw in the Brides, um, just because uh, they all spawn at different locations around town. So the board is the town. You have locations like the school, the clubhouse, the museum, the police station, Dracula's Mansion, Town Square, Scary German Guy's House. Uh, all are present. Yes, that's the character name, Scary German Guy. Um, so you have, you, you go around, basically you're looking for three key items, Van Helsing's diary, the amulet and a virgin. Come back to that later. Uh, other items you can find are wooden stakes, silver bullets, dynamite, bow and arrow, shotgun, garlic bread slash pizza. Um, all items used in the movie. Uh, there's different items can be used to fend off different monsters, uh, dynamite can be used to fend off all of them, but keep in mind, you're fending them off, you're not killing them. Uh, once you have found Van Helsing's diary, <laughs> the amulet, and an aversion, uh, you head to Town Square and complete the ritual to win the game, all before the clock hits midnight. Uh, so you have a, a, and I'm not sure how that would work, if it's every round is an hour, so you have 12 rounds to finish it, I'm not sure how that would work. Um, that was the basic idea, and I had some other cool fluff, like Frankenstein, uh, sorry, Frankenstein's monster, can be turned to an ally, but only by Phoebe. So if no one's playing as Phoebe, you cannot turn Frank on your side. Uh, there's a, my dad's a cop card, where if Sean or Phoebe are attacked, attacked by a monster, it summons their dad, Del, the cop, to come in and fight the monster off for him. Um, I just started sort of thinking of things, you know, fluff from the movie that would be fun in the game. Um, like Godzilla the Brides, because it's garlic and it you know, makes them burn. Uh, the shotgun can be, again, the, the things you can use against the monsters. That was my general idea. I've been rambling a lot. What do you guys think? I like it. I actually, I had the same idea when um, we started talking about this, and I was trying to think of board games, and I was like, oh, that horrified game is fun. I was like, it's basically Monster Squad. So I, I, that's why I didn't put it in because I thought they were very similar, but I do like your idea. And no, we had the covered. same idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the virgin thing. Um, so in the thing, which I'll talk about again later, uh, you draw a blood test card at the beginning of the game to tell you if you're an imitation or, or a human. At the beginning of this game, you draw for a virgin card. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how that works, but I just thought it was funny. That so, is funny. So I've only yes, I've only seen Monster Squad once. I can fix that. I wasn't a big fan because I saw it when I was in my forties. <laughs> so so I don't have the the whole seeing it as a kid part of me, you know. Uh huh. So. When it comes to board games, and specifically cooperative board games, mm -hmm. um, 
there's there's three different kind of things. It's very difficult to make a fun, fully cooperative board game. It's not an easy thing. Generally, some of the schools of thought is first and foremost, you need uh, fires that you have to put out. So you need some type of a board state that the characters have to manage or they will lose the game. Okay. Now, to give a great example, there is a board game called and hang on. I look on my shelf back here. uh, Flashpoint. I couldn't remember what it was called where the characters are playing firefighters. So literally the fires in this game are fires. You have to manage the fire of the structure while you're trying to rescue civilians. So you would need something, some sort of board state that, that the, the, the players have to, to maintain cooperatively to continue playing the game. So what, what would, I don't know what that would be in monster squad. We can, we can work on that later. The second one, and this is one of my personal favorites but not many games use this right now is that is some sort of limited communication rules. Okay. Am I still? Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So some way of limiting what information can be shared with other players. Now there's a, there's a really great game uh, that I can't remember the title of right now. Um, it's where players are tr- they're 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 playing is crashing on the top of the mountain and they're trying to get to the bottom of the mountain to 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 escape and stuff and it, it has to do with madness and each of your characters as you play the game will gain different madness cards okay okay and those madness cards basically give you some way of communicating that you have to adhere to such as you know can only speak in euphemisms or uh, can, can, can only say something if somebody else asks a question or it gives you a, you know, condition. So you've got fires that you have to put out limited communication rules. And the other one is some sort of timing mechanism. Now you've already got the timing mechanism in play. And that is, you have to do it before midnight. I've got your other two for you. Ready? Okay. What we got your, your fires to put out, uh, we'll steal it from horrified and horrified. You have to save and rescue civilians. So we'll take the other characters in the game who you're not playing as it will make them civilians. You have to scare or save. So we've got, uh, the boys at school, the mom, uh, the partner, uh, parents, we can make up other characters. So you've got townsfolk you're trying to, to defend, uh, and your limited communication the Monster Squad uses walkie-talkies, but they're 1980s walkie-talkies. So maybe they only work within, I don't know, three, four, whatever many spaces on the board. And if you're further away from that, you, your characters can't speak to each other. Well, um, so, I, okay. So I like the walkie-talkies. Yeah. I like the walkie-talkies. Okay. Okay. However, being that, so like, let's say you and I are within a couple of spaces of each other. But uh-huh. Jay is on the opposite side of town, so I could talk to you, but I can't talk to him. That's kind of very hard to manage across the table because whatever I say to you, he's going to hear. Maybe it has to do with well, sharing your your hand. Well, personally, I would like to do this without a deck of cards because I find a deck of cards very blasé, and I like games that don't have cards. But that's just personal. It's it's not. But what about this? What if you're okay walkie talkies uh-huh. have batteries and that battery is represented by an egg timer. Okay. Okay. So you find batteries, you put new batteries in your walkie talkie, you flip your egg timer over whatever the time, let's say it's a minute or two minutes. 
you can only talk while the egg timer is running. When it's out, your battery's dead. You can't talk anymore. And I still feel like if I, I get what you're saying about the, trying to limit people from talking during a game. I don't want to make people be silent if they don't have an egg timer. I also hate artificial timers. So, uh, no. I don't Flat think it's out, no. Hard no. Well, you know what? I'm going to stick a pin in that because I like that mechanic for a different game. You do that. You stick a pin right in that. <laughs> Watch the stand all fall out of your egg timer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, so anyway, I wasn't trying to come up with a fully formed board game. I just thought it was fun, Scott. Jake. But you got my brain thinking now, and now I want to make this game. <laughs> you made me think. <laughs> Damn yeah, it. So the, the, the counting down to midnight timer, uh, there's a, a timer in, um, and horrified, I forget what exactly makes the count down. But if you don't do it and say if the counter t- counts down to zero, your your game's over. Um, so, so that's right. Because again, going with the movie, they have to have it done by midnight because that's their window to open this portal. So and the only thing I can think of is okay, maybe each maybe round or something. So every round it counts down, and you have twelve rounds to complete it. I don't know. That was just a rudimentary. Uh, and every round is is basic and standard, and that's cool. But there there should be some other action that also triggers it to count down. And I would say that would tie in directly to the civilians. Like if 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 a monster actually is able to get a civilian, whatever mechanism that is, either taking it back to a lair or killing them or you know whatever. If you if you don't successfully defend a civilian, the timer counts down. Okay, I'm fair. Fair enough. Yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my pitch uh, for my Monster Squad reskin. Yeah. There you go. We're doing this. <laughs> don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> I'll get out of horrified and start drawing all, on, on all the card pieces now. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jay, what do you got for us? So, remember how I said hold your thoughts on that Grand Theft Auto style game? What if I said that my idea for a for a GTA sandbox type game involved you carrying a sword, I'm a already modif- sold, a modified Mac 10, a uh-huh. shotgun, that has Jay. two silver spikes on it. Jay. And a sweet ass black car. Is, is this a video game version of the greatest movie? Ever? So my idea was a blade sandbox GTA style game. Because some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. And just imagine how much fun it would be to be blade in that style, like Grand Theft Auto where you always have your sword, you might run out of ammo on your guns. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you could have like a home base where you go back to after your missions and you can talk to Whistler. Uh, and you're, you know, you're going to go kill vampire raid a den or go bust up a rave party, like a vampire rave, or maybe, you know, intimidate, um, Friends of the vampires. I can't remember what they call them. Familiars. 
Familiars, yeah. You go intimidate familiars, uh, all these things. And what you're doing is you're progressing through the game, through these missions, but you don't have to do them in order. And like, like Grand Theft Auto, you might have different areas where you can go to get different missions and have like side missions to do. And every time you kill a vampire or, you know, like throughout your gameplay, Blade is saying some sort of quip from one of the movies. Like every like that's his dialogue with, you know what I mean? Like okay. what you said. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> and it's 2002 since we've had a Blade video game. So I think we're due. Uh, especially since the last one got a 4.9 out of 10 <laughs> from IGN. Uh, I mean, you had me at Blade, dude. Uh, especially if Marvel's about to uh, reinvigorate the franchise with the whole the reboot. Um, yeah, the game would. Would it be? Would you want to go based directly from the movies, or do you want to bring in comic book stuff, or what? What was your aesthetic idea? Uh, I was thinking like I like his look from the movies, uh-huh. um, and you can kind of like I you think don't you don't want him to have. You should be able to change outfits. Okay, so there. It will be an outfit where I have an afro, a bandolier of wooden stakes from the semis. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I want origin comic book blade. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Just like, you know, a bunch of unlockable skins to make gotcha. the gameplay more fun. Um, you could do all sorts of different stuff. Cool. I like it. Scott, thoughts? I'm trying to think. I, I don't know if I would like the idea of Blade as a GTA sandbox game. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And everything. For some odd reason. Um... I keep when I think about it when I think about this I keep going back to the game tie-in to the 2009 Star Trek movie or was it Into Darkness? I mean, it was between the two where you played Kirk and Spock and it was cooperative with another yeah. And I really see that type of game with Blade and Whistler. Interesting. One person's playing Blade, the other person's playing Whistler, and you're both in whatever level, and you have to. Now, of course, the only problem with that is is, is Blade gets a lot more stuff, you know, like actual screen time than Whistler does. But I'm sorry, I just can't get the scene of of Whistler, you know, in the subway tunnel going, "Somebody get me a goddamn wheelchair out of my head." And, <laughs> I mean, I, it, in, it can't work. I just, you know. No, I mean, that can, that can work, too, again, especially if you go more comic book than video game. Um, or if, if 
the fan rumors turn out to be true and when they do reboot Blade with Mahershala Ali as Blade, uh, Wesley Snipes comes back as Whistler. There's a cool duo. Really? Whistler, uh, Wesley Snipes looks nothing like Chris Christopherson. That's kind <laughs> of the point, Scott. Uh, I think we're reinventing and rebooting it, so anyone can look like anybody. I mean, if they were going to do that, they should get somebody who looks more like Chris Christopherson, like, you know, Chris Christopherson. He's like 95. He can still do it. Just get him a goddamn wheelchair. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm all for whatever gets me to run around uh, killing vampires with a sword, Jay. So, yeah, you had me at sword. Yeah, I just thought that it'd be cool to go to, like, different areas of the city and like do different things in those areas you know like you get to pick okay you want to go you want to go bust up a blood rave go bust up a blood rave like i can see scott's co-op style missions but like he said i can't wrap my head around that to me it i think it'd be super fun as like a sandbox style game but. Well, think less Grand Theft Auto, more Batman Arkham series. Yeah. Oh, you, you are you are in a sandbox, but it's not huge. And you do have a, an overarching mission, so you're trying to bring down a certain house of vampires or something. But you traverse the city, and as you traverse the city, incidental things might pop up. Oh, um, yeah. The, yeah. the Batman Arkham series was a beautiful series. All the way up to the last one, which get a little over over remote. We won't we won't talk about tanks. So, the Batman. But, um, um, but yeah, blade style game in that, especially if you had a really good combat system for parrying for pulling out that sword. Yeah, it's, like that's exactly where I was going. Is if you're gonna make a blade game, it's got to be about the combat. Well, and I I don't know if you I don't know if you played it or not, but uh, there's there's a there's the Fable series. I don't know if you ever played yeah. those. Yeah. So that that one where you could you know, fluidly and real time switch between melee and ranged because you had your pistols. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two, I yeah. Yeah, that would, yeah. And our, and, and Arkham City-esque game with Blade mm-hmm. and a really good combat system. That, I could get behind that. I think that's the nail on the head right there. Or the stake on the... <sighs> Whatever, yeah, that's, that's the there's your ticket heart right there. No, wait, that went there. Good. You go, yeah, all right, all righty. Oh, well, all right, Scott, get your brain ready because I have an even less developed board game idea for you next. Okay, so if we have these timers, and oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> goddamn egg timers, get the hell out of here. I hate timers. Uh, okay, so it's it's uh, this mostly stems from this IP's gotten a few board games. I'm not super happy with any of them. There's one I was super excited for and waiting for to be the thing outbreak at Outpost 31, which is one of my most favorite board games. Of- of all time, Scott, thank you so much for getting that for me. Uh, I love that game. Um, so I know this IP has games, 
but I don't like them. There's just there's something missing to all of them. So I was trying to sit down and think, okay, well, if I was going to make one from the ground up, what would it be like? That IP is, for some reason, this was on my mind. I don't know why. Jurassic Park. Ah. Specifically, Jurassic Park Escape from Isla Nublar. So go back to the first movie, towards like the third act of the first movie. The park is down, power's out, dinosaurs rampaging, cars flipped over, uh, people are getting eaten off the toilets. It's chaos. Chaos. That's chaos. Uh, you play one of the survivors. Starting out, the park is uh, chaos and running, you know, dinosaurs running amok. So it's slightly similar to the thing. Slightly. And that you have to accomplish certain tasks to restore power and call for a chopper and reach the helipad to escape, all while avoiding dinosaurs and other hazards. So the characters all start at random spots across the island. The board is the island. Um, to start with, all the fences are down, so you can go anywhere. Uh, each character has different skill sets. So, like, Muldoon has tranquilized skills, so he has a better chance at shooting and tranquilizing a dinosaur. Uh, Ellie has uh, computer skills, so she has a better chance of doing tech stuff, like rebooting power and whatnot. But anybody can do anything. Um, fences are down to start, but as you, as you restore power, uh, you have limited power. So when you're in the command center, you can activate fences in certain areas, but not every fence at all times. So there comes a little bit of strategy of which fence do we want to turn on? You know, specific paddocks. You can't run all of them at the same time. So that was sort of like Five at Freddy's. If you ever played that game, you, know, you have different doors and cameras you can watch, but limited power, so you can't have both doors closed at all times. You have to kind of be strategic about it. Uh, dinosaurs move differently uh at first i was thinking maybe like a dino tracker card sort of like the motion tracker card in, in aliens where you you draw the dinosaur card and it tells you what dinosaurs are spawning at what point and then you know kind of uh, the controls or movement and stuff but you'd have you know your raptors your t-rexes your dilophosaurus uh vehicles can be used to help get around the map so that, you know gas jeep can be used but it can only you know it can drive in in certain conditions but not other conditions you've got the uh the the, the tour jeeps which you can use only after you turn the power back on because they're electric uh that was basically you know you're playing a survivors starting out on in the park uh trying to get together at the visitor center uh, and, and get off the island while while you know encountering dinosaurs and, and hazards and things like that scott tell me what i need besides the more thought out concept I, i'll tell you what I, I love i love this idea so is this the one you were wanting me to put a pin in the zone mechanic yes okay so go ahead and take so, the pin down now scott well so as, as soon as you said it i i, I pictured the island you know, with the visitor center, I guess, toward the middle of the island, or at least interior of the island somewhere. Uh-huh. And then zones moving out from that. And then, of course, you got dinosaurs everywhere. And you got the fences all laid out, and you got roads and stuff. But, mm-hmm. and, and... Now, keep in mind, when I was talking about the zone and the cards and being able to activate, you know, let's say activate three dinosaurs in zone one uh, activate uh, dinosaurs in zones one and five, you know, that type of thing. Uh-huh. That's, that's for a player character, a player to, to play those cards and activate those zones. So it would be a one versus all kind of a game. Okay. 
Okay. However, something else popped into my head while you were explaining this. So in the movie, I don't know if you've seen the movie. There's a movie that they made about this book. I don't know if you've seen it. Really? Really? Yeah, exactly. Really? You all should watch it. It's really good. Uh, It's called Jurassic Park 3. Why they started with 3, I don't know. But, no, I'm kidding. I thought I was talking about Jurassic (laughs) World. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, anyway. Fallen Kingdom, right? In, in in the movie, of course, you've got what's his name, Ned Nedry. That that's old dude. Yes, that, that yes. Takes that's Nedry. Out. Yes, Newman. So, yeah, Newman. Yeah. Hello, Nedry. Sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> so what if, what if we have a, so everybody starts out fully cooperative, and you're trying to get uh-huh. everything. Up. Nobody knows what's going on, but one of the players is the ones that took the system down. Oh, okay. At the beginning of the game, we don't know who that is. Sort of the hidden objective kind of thing. Yeah, even even the players don't know who that is. So at some point okay. in the game, something is going to happen that's going to reveal who took the system down, and it may not always be Ned. You know, okay. it'll be whoever. It, it could be it, it could be Nick Fury. We don't know. Um, but somebody took the system down, and. Once that is revealed, they take control of the dinosaurs. And they Ooh. have they have the objective of getting the DNA sample off the island. Interesting. Okay. So then it becomes a one versus all. But, but at the beginning of the game, you don't know who that one is. Once again, I don't okay. know how to make that work yet, but I love this idea. I like the idea of the hidden objective and the one person being the one who brought the power down and their objective is to try to get off the island with the sample. Uh, I, I like that that idea. Um, again, that whether you draw a card and it says either you, you know you, if, if you get the the barbasol can, your your goal is to get out the can. I like well, there's so, something there. So, so there you go. Okay, so so here's the thing. So at some point, the Barbasol can has to be found. Okay. So you look at... So either one of two things. One, whoever finds the Barbasol can becomes whoever. But then... No, I don't like that. Scratch that. Um, when When the Barbasol can is revealed... You look at uh, who found it, in what section, like on what turn, or some combination that would give you a chart that would tell you who the who who the the traitor is. Okay. Okay. And then that person's goal is to get the Barbasol can off the island. My only my only change to that would be the person who tries to get the Barbasol can off the island doesn't control the dinosaurs. Really? Because I feel like the dinosaurs would still be trying to kill that person because in the movie, the dinosaur didn't care that Nedry had the Barbasol can. The Dilophosaurus still killed him. That's very true. I can see that. So you'd have to come up with a really good AI for the for the dinosaurs then. Yeah, kind of like kind of like the like Zombicide or the Aliens board game where you know, they move towards a player or whatever. 
<sighs> See, I don't, I don't like that. Because not all the dinosaurs like swarmed players. It's not like every dinosaur went after the people. They were just doing their own right. thing. Okay. People came if, into their zones of influence. Depending on the dinosaur. So like, you know, velociraptors would probably actively stalk their prey. The T-Rex is just out wandering around. And then maybe if you wander into the T-Rex's zone, it's based on movement, you know. I like it. I like I it. You're saying, but at the same time, I don't want the mechanics of the dinosaurs to be overly complex. In other words, I don't want you to have to look and go, "Okay, we got a T Rex. What's his? What's his behavior? Oh, he does this, this, and this. Okay, we also have uh, the the Laposauruses in this. Yeah, they do this, this, and this. We have Tyrannosaurus or not Tyrannosaurus, but uh, Triceratops in this area. They do this and this and this. I feel like if you get, it would be that would. That I, I see what you're saying and, and I get it. So throw out the the traitor player controlling the dinosaurs. Cool. Got that. I, I still like the idea of activating zones. Okay. Yeah. So somehow each player character would have to activate a zone. Okay. Oh, here okay. You I know you don't don't like you said you don't like drawing cards but like you let's say you randomly draw from a deck like you do with the motion tractor the motion tracker in aliens and then if there's a dinosaur in that zone whoever drew the card it moves towards that player it will be the active player at that point whoever the active player is yes so like if you let's say you're in the same i don't i don't know Let's say you're in a zone near the T-Rex or something, and then you draw a card that activates the T-Rex. It comes towards you. Well, uh, hang on. What? Sorry. There is a game that I don't think either of you all have played called Rex. Nope. Keep hearing about it, though. Okay. You've, I know you've not played the game Dune, but you've seen the movie Dune, right? You all know about Dune. Nope. Never seen it, actually, no. Okay. So, I'm vaguely familiar with the concept. Okay. So, in the, in, in the game of Dune and the, and the game Rex, they're the same game, just reskinned. There is a sandstorm slash orbital bombardment from an armada. <laughs> okay. That, that moves slash around. Slash hurricane? That moves around the board. Okay. Okay. And if you're if you're in if you're in the area when it happens, you're killed unless there's a shelter there. So anyway, what if zones are activated in a in a specific order? And if you're in the activated zones with the dinosaurs, okay. Uh So if you're in a zone that is active, every player who is in a zone with that, that becomes active draws a dinosaur card. And that's your dinosaur counter. Ah, okay. So, like, so if we compare it to the movie, because that that that's one of the cruxes of doing an an IP of some game is that you have to be able to to watch the movie or TV show or read the book or whatever and go, oh, I can see where this happened in the game mechanics, or I can see, you know, you know what I'm saying? You you can see it happening. So 
Ned is trying to get because he's trying to get to a boat, isn't he, or something? Yeah, the East Docks. Yes. The East. He's trying to get to the East Docks. So he's in the East Docks. He's trying to get there, and then that zone becomes active. So he draws his dinosaur card, and it's the whatever those little fuckers. Dilophosaurus. Yeah. So he has to overcome that, and he does it, and he gets killed. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, like I, that, I like that. So the zones activate now, whether it's in clockwise order or if it's in a random order, we can experiment with that's neither here nor there, but, but every turn. So after everybody has done their actions, so every player has done their actions, whether it's cooperative or if the trader has been revealed and they're trying to do their thing, who everybody's trying to do something, a zone is activated and every player who's in that zone draws a dinosaur encounter card. And so all the dinosaurs will be basically a deck of cards. You've got all your different ones and whatever happens. Cause I mean, even your, even your, um, uh, your encounters could even be like the, 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 the herbivores, the herbivores, the, the plant eaters, right? They're not going to attack yeah. you, but something could spook them and there could be a stampede of them. Ah. <laughs> uh. I was just going to say, John, it's crazy how our minds work because I also put Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World as a <laughs> IP. Um, but my idea was a horror survival game. Uh, maybe video not game or board game. Video game. So kind of like that Alien be... Isolation. Yeah. Um, like, and where... Where you don't like, you can kill some of the dinos, but you can't kill like for me. The big bad would be the T Rex, and now I wouldn't, I wouldn't put us, I wouldn't put it necessarily on Isla Nublar. Maybe you're on Isla Sorna. You know, there's a lot of options. Um, I have a question. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is something that's been bugging me for a while now. When it comes to, to 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 Jurassic Park, yeah, everybody always refers to them as Isla or Isla. Isn't it the Greek for island or Ela? Why does everybody pronounce yes? I'm sorry, say again. We're Americans. Go drink your Myrtle Lot with your Escargots (laughs) off of Versailles Road. (laughs) Even in movies, they pronounce the S, and it bugs the shit out of me. All right. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, you know, you just can't you can't kill the T-Rex, though. So, like, you know, there's ways to hide or like. Just kind of find cover or something to evade it for a while. Um, But it could also maybe seek you out. And then, like in Alien Isolation, there'd become some really cool death scenes. There's a really cool game called Jurassic Park Survivor from like the early 2000s that that's kind of the idea. You're you're trapped on the island and you're trying to get get off. Uh, There's also a game series um, called Dino Crisis. Yeah, yeah, played Dino Crisis. 90s, which is yeah, which is literally yeah, literally it's Resident Evil but with dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, both of which would be great templates for that. Because yeah, you no, know, the idea of Jurassic Park as a horror survival game translates like that. That's uh, yeah, 
The and like, works. I kind of also thought of like, oh, what was it, Zombie Island or whatever that, or remember that game? Yeah, I think Karma. Where you could craft your own weapons. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could like, you could yeah. nail, you could put nails into a baseball bat, stuff like that. Dead so Island like, or something like that. Yeah, something like that, where like you can craft different weapons. And, like, maybe you can find guns, but guns are very hard to come by, so you have to use your, kind of, like, your savvy and maybe, like, set traps and things uh-huh. so that it's not just you going to shoot the dinosaurs. Like, you actually have to survive. You can, you can get a taser, but it's got limited battery power. Yeah. 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 I gotcha. So. As long as the grand finale, Jay, is you in a Jeep. Drinking whiskey with a rocket launcher. I'm yes. there. <laughs> we can make that happen. Fed, that's the new title of the game. Jurassic Park in a Jeep with a rocket launcher. Yep. Come spring 2025. Uh, well, that is it for my ideas. I just have, basically, I, was, I, I just have one more it's the most ridiculous one one of the most ridiculous ones i've got hit us up all right you ready okay who is one of our all-time favorite characters in i will say absolutely horrible movies yeah you're more specific uh he's my spirit animal let's put it that way Not Doc Brown. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, is he someone who uh, does the best with what he's got? Jay, is is he completely out of ammo? That could be a possibility. Uh, uh, so okay. I thought, <laughs> I thought it would be absolutely hilarious for them to make a Tremors first-person shooter where you are Burt Gummer. That definitely zigged when I thought it was going to zag. Yeah, as Burt Gummer. So as Burt Gummer, you have customizable weapons. So, like, you start with a basic set of weapons. And because it's Burt Gummer, you're obviously going to have more than one. So, like, let's say you've got, like, the... You've got, like, a forty-four Magnum revolver. You've got an elephant gun. And then maybe you've got just your... A regular high-powered rifle. And all of these things can be customized and upgraded. Um, maybe there's like, you know, the weapons, the, the rec room, where you can go to the rec room and like change out weapons and upgrade. Um, and I thought it'd be fun that you start out in perfection and your goal is to kill one graboid. And then, you know, there's two graboids. And if you don't kill the and then eventually in later levels, if you don't kill the Graboids fast enough, then they start giving birth to the Shriekers. And if you don't take care of the Shriekers, then the Shriekers turn into Ass Blasters. So where it just kind of keeps elevating. I like it. Uh, I don't know if I would have gone first-person shooter with it, but I like it. I know, I just thought first-person shooter, but I mean, if you really want to see the aesthetic of Burt, because everybody loves Burt, 
you could do third person. Um, definitely some sort of action-packed game, though. Lots of shooting, because it's bird well, cover. There's up an interesting dynamic if you're trying to hunt graboids, because then you can't walk on the ground. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I, I There's something there. Uh, there is a game, there's a board game, I forget what it's called, but it's, uh, I jokingly call it Not Tremors. Uh, it, it looks like it's a game where they wanted to make a Tremors board game, but didn't get the license, so they printed it anyway. It's, uh, like, oh god, Deep Terror or something like that. Um, Terror Below. <laughs> again, yeah, there you go, Terror Below, which looks fun. I haven't played it, but, uh, so... Uh, as soon as as soon as the as soon as the doc brought up tremors, I started mm-hmm. looking because I'm like I don't think there's a terror there's a tremors board game, and I started looking. I, I hopped on Board Game Geek, the be all end all authority for board games, and there is no <laughs> board game with the IP for tremors. So I went so so okay. I went and looked and and I found Terror Below. Yep, which. You are completely correct. They wanted Not a, Tremors. Yeah, they wanted a <laughs> Tremors board game, but they didn't pay for the IT or the IP. Um, and I don't know. Right now, I want to find a copy of this game because it looks awesome. I don't plus has one. It does. Uh, yes. Hello. Yeah. Sorry, I started reading. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I also thought this, you know, like you said, you can't really walk on the ground. So in later Tremors movies, whether they're good or bad, uh, they do walk around freely on the ground as long as they do it softly and quietly. So I thought maybe in the game, if you moved at a certain speed, you wouldn't be like you wouldn't be detected and well, so yeah. maybe maybe like you have a little meter on like the side of your screen that the faster you go the more noise you make yeah 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 totally i mean yeah you can walk on the ground you just have to weigh the risk of right. what am i trying to get to how far away is it can i you know there's there's lots of factors there and yeah if you're doing a video game of this and you you actually touch the quote unquote ground how fast are you going what kind of footwear are you wearing? What type of, you know, are you, you know, what, what terrain are you walking across? How fast are you going? But a meter would definitely be, yeah, the way to go with that. I and, also think there needs to be a, a mechanic to traverse territory without touching the ground, whether it's shooting at a light pole or whatever. Uh, I mean, maybe you'd have to set this not in perfection. But, uh, well, because there's this this from rock to rock, things like that. Like I think there needs to be some kind of mechanism where you can, um, through the environment, figure out ways to traverse from point A to point yeah. B for whatever your mission is without touching the ground. Well, I mean, but even then, you can you can weigh options of just because you're not on the ground doesn't mean they don't hear the vibrations. So you know, if I'm shooting out you know gas tanks and making explosions. They're going to hear that. So. Well, I mean. Um, I there's something there. Um, 
as far as getting around the board without touching, you know, the ground, uh, that would depend on not board, but the level, because uh, we're talking video games here. As much as I hate these style of games, uh, you would have to have a level of platformer in this where you would be able, you would have elements that you could jump from building to car to trailer to, you know, and climbing. And you'd have these types of elements to where you could get from one end of the board, the, the level to the other without touching the ground, but you could mess up and hit the ground, you know? Yeah. Uh, and John, you'll really appreciate this. I thought of this specifically because I knew you'd like it. You can, you can okay. upgrade, you can upgrade skills. So like, you know, your marksmanship, um, you know, being quiet, I guess you could do things like that. But the one I liked the idea the most was your explosives expertise. And you start with the ability to create the, the bombs from, uh, but you have to find the household chemicals to make the bomb, right? Then the next skill right. level, your next skill level up is the ability to use RC cars with C4 explosive and a remote detonator. <laughs> like it. And so you just keep, you know, increasing. Um, maybe, maybe like the maximum level would be, I threw it in the back of the truck and that's just all it says. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, again, I think yeah, there's some really interesting things you can do with this IP, uh, especially, you know, varying it with weapon classes. Like there are very few weapons that you could really reach out and touch a graboid with, but if you're getting into a scenario you got um, shriekers and ass plaster. Well, then stuff like you know, uh, you could also have fun, weird stuff with over penetration, like uh, in the second movie when you know Bert tries to shoot a graboid with his 50 cal and he puts a hole in the only truck they have left. Yeah. Uh, uh, or, or time, you know, again, it's a loud weapon, so maybe you get maximum penetration. Maybe you can reach out and touch a graboid, but you're also creating a lot of noise when you do that. So, like, I, again, I got back to the, the creating noise, drawing them in kind of factor into the game. I think that could be an interesting mechanic to play with there. Yeah. Like, right. like Scott said, a noise meter where you... Yeah, yeah. If you peek the noise, like you've got green and then yellow and then red. And if you shoot the giant max penetration 50 cal it's going to go straight to red on the meter for the, mm -hmm. the moment you shoot it. So you have to shoot and move or something. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. It. yeah. All righty. Uh, any other ideas Any the other IP you want to jump out there? I mean, I've, I've gone through my list, Jay, but I know you had a bunch. Anything else you want to, you're dying to get out there. Um, well, this one is just would be really short. I just thought it'd be fun. A Mortal Kombat style Pacific Rim fighter game. That, that needs to happen now. Where uh you can be you can pick a Jaeger or a Kaiju, and you could do uh -huh. Jaeger versus Kaiju, or you could do Jaeger versus Jaeger or Kaiju uh -huh. versus Kaiju. Hey, uh, hey. Just you know basically Mortal Kombat, and I don't know who owns the rights to what, 
but it would be awesome to have like Godzilla as an available kaiju. I was just gonna say, just do that with the Godzilla universe, um, the the Warner Brothers Godzilla King Kong universe. You know, throw some cool robots in there. That'd be awesome too. Uh, do some DLC characters. There you go. Do yeah. a Godzilla game with a Gypsy Danger DLC character. There you go. Um, or just I yeah. Like it. Just get them together and just awesome with all of our things. <laughs> like, Call it let them fight the game. Let let them fight the game, but you gotta get uh <laughs> you gotta get Ken what's his name? Ken Want Wantanabe. Yes, yes it is. To to just like he that's it's that, that clip from the beginning. Just right at the beginning of the game. Let them fight. And then, you know, beginning, these, beginning of every match instead of instead of ready fight it's let them fight let them fight like you know you could have like yes. mecha godzilla versus gypsy danger or uh mm-hmm. or king godira versus um oh striker eureka that'd be good uh-huh. oh yeah all sorts of different combinations fun stuff yeah, anyway, that's that's basically it. So yeah, that'd be fun, man. I'd play that. So I'm not a big fan of fighting games. They're just not my thing. Yeah. However, personally, if I was gonna do a Pacific Rim game of any kind, I would not make it a fighting game. I would definitely make it a cooperative two player game, and the two players are piloting a single mech to where you have to hit buttons at the same time and in cooperation. And the closer you can in sequence, you know, it, it increases the effectiveness of the attack or the move that you're trying to do, which would force you all to talk constantly about what you're doing. You'd have to work in unison. Because that just seems to me That's in the spirit of Pacific. That sounds terrible, and I hate it. <laughs> oh, it would not be popular. People would not play it because it would be damn near impossible to play. But That's still what I would do. Uh, and with that being the most Scott Cox thing I've heard all day, <laughs> we're going to call this a wrap. Uh, but let us know what you think of our game ideas. Is there any other IP out there you think is crying out for a game, be it board game, video game, what have you? Uh, let us know what you think it is, and especially if you've got an idea on what it should be, uh, or if you have any input on our half-baked gaming ideas, let us know. Uh, until then... This has been your weekly nerd alert.